It's not how big the house is. It's how happy the home is. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast, and I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain. If it's your first time joining me, welcome. Thanks for giving us a shot. Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Amazon Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks, completely free for 30 days. Just sign up right now at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That special deal is at audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org. Wisdom Worth Knowing is on all the major social networks, including Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble, so make sure you like and share. Don't forget to subscribe as well. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and hopefully everywhere podcasts are distributed. If not, please let me know so I can make sure we end up on that network. It's not how big the house is. It's how happy the home is. So basic expectations, I guess, are the topic of today's discussion, because in this particular quote, it's obviously talking about wealth and how much we own in terms of our, how big our house is. <laughs> and then I guess we have to initially ask ourselves, how much do we value the things in our life? You know, when I was younger, I valued things more than I do now. Um, I don't necessarily know if that was completely a bad thing. I, I think a lot of what we value is a product of our limitations. So when we're young, we don't have much. You know, we don't have any money, first of all. We barely have enough of an education to do anything well. And so because we have those limitations and we have a lack of things in general, desiring things becomes like higher in our priority list, right? So like all we see around us is a reminder of all the things we don't have. I, I mean, it still happens when we're older, of course. There's still plenty of things I can't get. <laughs> um, but there's definitely a, a massive gap between the amount of desire I had for things when I was younger, like I would say in my late teens as opposed to my mid-20s and opposed to now, which I'm now at, at 37. So I, I definitely know that as time has gone on, my desire for things has been reduced. Now, of course, as I've gone on and I've pursued a career and I've saved up money and and I've bought more things, I've been able to put this theory to test. The theory of stuff brings us happiness to the test more than somebody who's younger than me because people younger than me are like, well, that's easy for you to stay. You have some stuff. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Um but it also means that I do have some experience with this chase, right? We all have the chase. And I don't think it's bad to desire things by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I think it would be a mistake to assume that wanting to own stuff is in and of itself completely a bad thing. You know, we, we want to desire things for our family and bless each other and give each other gifts. I think that's a good thing. You know, that's one of the reasons we do work, you know, so that we can enjoy things. So as with anything we talk about on the show, it can be brought to an unreasonable extreme. 
And I think that's really what we're going to try to parallel here when we talk about it in the show is, is what does this look like when brought to that extreme on both ends of the spectrum? You know, we don't know where our desires will end. I think when you look at people who are super wealthy, you start to see how this desire for things and stuff can become, as the Bible describes it, lustful. In other words, it's never enough. So we do need to have some inner monologue or inner idea of where our goals are and how realistic our goals are. And then we also need to decide for ourselves if the pursuit of things as the ultimate pursuit is the appropriate course of life. So we do have the ability to decide what we're aiming for. And, and I think setting goals and visualizing those goals is extremely beneficial. It's been very helpful for me to do that. And there's certain things that me and my wife, we work together to save up towards, like a vacation or um, we may buy a used car. And, and that does give, I think having a goal in mind does give value to the chase. You know, it, it makes it easier to endure when you have something you're aiming for. You know, the day-in, day-out drudgery of everyday life and everyday working. But it it also is important to remember that while we're chasing things, like a big house, for example, or a car or whatever it might be, it reminds me of the quote from Don Henley. It's um, it's from the a New York Minute. It's one of my favorite songs. He's actually one of my all-time favorite songwriters. He said, you can spend all your time making money and you can spend all your love making time. And I think that's incredibly wise. Because the next part of his, uh, of that song, actually, he says, I wanted to make sure I got this right, so I looked it up. You could spend all your time making money. Making money. You could spend all your love making time. And in the next part of the quote is actually kind of on point with our quote today. And he says, if it all fell to pieces tomorrow, would you still be mine? And so in other words, you know, if we spend all of our time chasing things and money and wealth, then we don't have time left to spend on people. And so we have to decide where we invest our time in our in our energy because our time is ultimately the only currency we have as humans. And very few of us really fully acknowledge or realize this, especially as we transition from the younger version of ourselves into the older version of ourselves. Because just like anything else, and this is in line with the quote today too, is we don't value things we have a lot of. And so when, we, when we're young, we have an immense amount of time, it seems, because we generally have immense freedom. This isn't true for everybody, but it's generally true for most kids. And so we don't value that freedom in time. And because we have all this excess time, we kind of throw it away into careers and endless pursuits in which we spend all of our time then pursuing wealth. But wealth can die and depreciate cars break down, houses fall apart, uh, toys and devices go out of date. And so where we're investing our time 
we need to decide whether or not those investments are worth it, especially in the long run. We do have to stop and think for a moment, at least, in the grand scheme of things in the next 10, 15, 20 years, am I chasing things that will still have value? And then, and then we got to decide, okay, well, how do we balance that? Because like I said, I don't think that it's bad to chase things and to set goals and to accomplish those goals. In fact, I think that's arguably one of the most loving things we can do is build wealth for our kids and those we leave behind. But I don't think that should be our only pursuit. And I think this quote is talking about that as well. It says, it's not how big the house is, right? It doesn't say it's bad to have a house. The trap is to constantly chase the bigger thing and not be satisfied and grateful for what we currently have. Because if we do that, then we will dedicate all of our time, which is our true currency, to chasing things that do devalue and depreciate over time. Or if that falls apart on us, we have nothing left. We have not invested ourselves and our time into anything else. And that's the trap. And the second part of the quote where it says it is how it's how happy the home is in order to create a home. You know, I've got two young ones, a wife and two young ones, and it's very difficult to create and maintain a stable household in terms of emotionally, um, physically, uh, take care of the house, actually. Uh, balancing everybody's needs, spending a decent amount of time with everybody in the family so that those relationships are are well-maintained. It does. It takes a tremendous amount of time and effort to do that. And there's something we can do that's that's a big difficulty that I can communicate here in a moment. But first, Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Amazon Audible. If you're like me and you love reading but don't have the time, then Audible audiobooks may be the perfect solution for you. With Audible, listening is the new reading. You can pop in your earbuds and discover that next exciting adventure or expand your knowledge from any PC, Mac, Android, Alexa, or Apple device. And check this out. Because you listen to this show, for a limited time, you get instant access to thousands of audiobooks from Audible's Premium Plus catalog completely free. Just visit this special link, audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org right now and take advantage of a free 30-day trial. That's right. For 30 days, you'll get full access to Audible's Premium Plus catalog as well as an additional free title of your choosing. If you discover audiobooks aren't for you, no problem. You can cancel instantly online. That's it. It's that simple. Two years ago, audiobooks began to change my life and they may change yours too. Pause this podcast and head over to Audible. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E wisdomworthknowing.org and sign up for this limited time offer right now. So I genuinely believe one of the biggest traps we can fall into on this big chase thing is neglecting our home life because we're taking care of them. We assume in a lot of ways that financially taking care of our family is sufficient in terms of creating a happy home. And so if we throw this out of balance and we spend an immense amount of time 
only working and neglecting to spend any time with our family, in other words, if we spend 80 hours a week at our job, that comes at a cost. It is more difficult to maintain a happy home if, we have, if we're never there. Because where we invest our time, that's where our heart is. And I know that's somewhat easy for me to say because when you're in the early stages of your career, you do have to make tremendous time sacrifices, especially when you're building up kind of your experience because it's very difficult, especially if you just get out of college, to just walk into a very well-paying job or or a career that is well-established. So the, the earlier years of any job, no matter what we pursue, even if you're not coming out of college and you're just pursuing a career in something else, it is it is does require more of a time commitment. And so it is difficult to maintain this balance between our our home life and our work life. And even to this day, for me, it's a challenge. You know, I, I don't. If I don't stop to reevaluate occasionally, if I'm spending enough time with the family, I actually have to ask my wife every once in a while and say, am I am I completely here? You know, like. Am I spending enough time with my son? Am I spending enough time with my daughter? You know, and I'll ask her because, you know, the kids don't always know. Kids are generally time vacuums. (laughs) And so they will vacuum and consume all of your time all at once. But then they'll be, then they will completely not want anything to do with you for stretches of time. So it's very difficult to to read kids because their needs shift so dramatically on a pendulum. So what I'll generally do is I'll try to get feedback from my wife on this and I'll ask her, I'll be like, Hey, do, am I spending enough time with the kids? Am I spending enough time with you guys? And, and then I also have to be careful when I ask that because my wife can sometimes prioritize home time over work time. And so there's, there's a chance that she'll, she'll always say, no, you're not. And so then I need to find that balance, Right where I need to sit down and go, am I spending enough time at my work and on my career? So kind of finding that fine line between the two extremes is, I think, a constant juggling act. And it has been for me, and my kids are currently 8 and 10. And there are seasons of time in which your kids need more, your kids and wife need more time with you. And then kind of as they get older, they need less time, of course, because they become less dependent. And so... Whatever season you're in, it may not be permanently that way. And so early on, you may need to make bigger time sacrifices for your home life than later on. It just kind of depends on the needs. And I do want to kind of talk about the happy home thing. It's like, because it's like, like a lot of this, this quote can be perceived as, It's not how big the house is. It's how happy the home is. Like one of those platitudes where home life is always happy. And that's just not the case. I mean, we still fight pretty regularly in our household. That's just part of being in a family, especially if you're all honest with each other and not everybody's fake. Fighting is a pretty regular occurring thing in every household and family. So, but that doesn't mean you're unhappy. Um, there's definitely a difference. You know, like conflict is part of relationships. And I think this is kind of lost on a lot of people in this culture, and I'm not entirely sure why. Um, we could go down a million theoretical roads on this. 
But every time they, they reach, especially like in dating, for example, I've noticed that and this is people I just know personally and have met personally who are dating is as soon as the first sign of conflict comes up, they assume that that means that something is wrong with the relationship. And it's like, well, no, no, that that's that's normal. I mean, if you're both being honest with each other, you're both literally two unique humans with differing opinions and ideas of how the world works, how it should work and how relationships should work. Your expectations are definitely completely different because people's expectations are built on their experience and their ideas of life. So it's only natural that expectations are going to be unmet. And then when expectations are unmet, people get disappointed, they get sad, they get angry, they get scared. And so when these expectations don't line up, yeah, there's going to be conflict. And when you're talking about a relationship, which is the most intimate human interaction you're going to have, yeah, there's going to be disappointment. There's going to be conflict. In fact, if there's not, I'm actually extremely concerned that you're both being honest. And and we've lost this. I don't know if it's a romantic. Like I said, there's like probably a million theories we could throw out there as to why this is lost. But everybody wants things to be quote unquote easy. And nothing worth having is easy. Nothing, literally nothing worth having is easy. And that goes back to the earlier part of the quote is, is like we, when we don't appreciate the things that come easily or that we have a lot of. And so when things are going great all the time, we tend to get restless and unhappy. So weird. Our personalities are so messed up because like when we're younger, we hate that we have all this free time. We're bored. We're bored. I'm bored. It happens all the time. We say this all the time. But then when we get jobs and careers and we don't have any time, we're like, I'm exhausted. I don't have any time. It's like we value the things that we don't have (laughs) rather than the things that we do. And so we we all want everything to be easy. But then the sad thing is, is when everything is easy, we're not happy with them. Because I think realistically, I think Jordan Peterson's right about this. We want to carry a load. We want some degree of, of effort and work. In something we want to overcome some kind of adversity. I think that's at the core of a lot of our ha- of our unhappiness is when everything comes easy, we generally get unhappy. And if our li- if we're unhappy at that in a, any moment in our lives, it's generally because we're unchallenged and we're not maximizing our potential. M- many of us don't realize this is what we're unhappy about. We're like, why am I unhappy? I'm literally everything I have right now. I'm 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 doing so well. Like on like we go through seasons that are like that. And it's like, well, that's because things going well and smoothly aren't really the formula for happiness. It's one of those paradoxes of life. Happiness is uh, in and of itself can be a trap. Like just like this this quote talks about. It's not how big the house is. Having a big house is itself a trap, like, or chasing the big house in the thing. Because once you get it, it won't, you'll have it, and then you'll take it for granted. And then what you didn't realize is you loved the chase, or you loved the challenge of of fighting for it. And so then you have to pick something new to pursue. So that way there's purpose to the work again. Elon Musk actually was very famous for this. He said that he reached a point in his life where he had everything that he was chasing. 
And then he realized that he was super comfortable. And that comfort made him unhappy and unmotivated. And it actually made him a worse person. So he made the conscious decision. And I don't know if this is true or not. I almost think it's true. I'd like to think it's true to get rid of the things that he was chasing so that he had something to chase again. And so he intentionally put limits in his life so that he had new things to pursue because he realized that he wasn't being the best version of himself in his comfort zone. Something to really consider is, is, is we, we, we think we want comfort and there's nothing wrong with having some comfort but as david goggins says a comfort zone is a wonderful place to visit and it really is but nothing grows there and when we're not growing i genuinely believe we that that's where we start to get in trouble that's that's where we start looking for trouble and if you don't think this is true just turn on the internet and just watch your feed and just just kind of think about how good, it, if you understand history, at this point in history, compared to any other time in human history, we have more wealth, more comforts, less death, less risk of death than at any point in history ever, in the history of all mankind, especially if you are in a first world country, which not everybody has that luxury. But modern medicine, modern technology has taken away so many of the risks like we stand on the shoulders of giants we, so we have all of this and yet we still find things to complain about and i genuinely think it, it, a huge chunk of us does we're miserable we have to manufacture new problems seriously just look on the internet it's what we do and that's because we're built for conflict like we we're built for a fight we want to chase something and when, and when when there's nothing left to chase th that has value, then we manufacture new things to fight. I definitely don't think that our generation before us ever anticipated that kind of problem. I don't think they ever anticipated that all of the sacrifices they med made so that we could have the world we have today their hope was that we would not have to fight adversities that they had to fight, endure the suffering they had to endure because they were hoping that that would relieve our suffering. But all we ended up doing or most of, or many of us end up doing is replacing that suffering with new suffering that we have to make up. And it really, I think, points in a lot of ways to how important it is for us to set goals and to intentionally put challenges in front of us to chase a degree or find a new career or cultivate a new hobby. Um, play a challenging video game. I don't know what it is for you, whatever you need to do, but something that challenges you on some level. Because if we don't have something in our lives that is challenging us, then there's a really good chance that we're going to go looking for a fight. And there's no better place to look than on the internet. There's always something to fight about. Always something to complain about. Always some manufactured crisis that somebody's made up that doesn't affect us directly that we can jump in the mud and sling 
dirt at each other over. <laughs> plenty of made up fights. In fact, there's there's a whole marketplace for it of manufacturing chaos and insanity and drama that we can jump into and people make money off of that. Because at the end of the day, we want we want to feel like we are overcoming something. I genuinely believe this is true. I could be wrong. But I think that's a big part of, <clears throat> of why we are still fighting, even though things are going so well. Generally speaking, people are still suffering. That's There's no doubt about that. But if only we could focus on things that are actually worth fighting about. You know, like there's plenty of fights out there that are, are worth pursuing. You know, there's still sickness. There's still poverty. There's still like legitimate suffering that we can all band together and fight if if those in charge of these institutions that focus on issues would only point those cameras at the things that are worth fighting against you know it feels like that we are so heavily focused on superficial fights rather than on manufactured fights than on actual problems that that we are facing and then us banding together to overcome them but this is me railing against the system, and that's not really super constructive. Not a whole lot of activity in the chat this morning. Totally fine. This show's super early. It's 6 a.m. Eastern, which means it's 3 a.m. on the West Coast. Maybe it's 4 a.m. because of daylight savings time. Bradley is the only one who joined me this morning. Good morning, Bradley. Welcome back. Uh, he's the only one who posted anything in the chat anyway. But before we close out for the day, I want to remind you that this show is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org. And it is a limited time offer. So make sure you swing out there and sign up for that right now. And good morning, Becky. Hi, Mom. So we're going to go ahead and close out for the day. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on whatever social network you are at on at the moment. That helps the show grow. You can visit the website at wisdomworthknowing.org. It's a good place to connect to the show. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify through that, that website, wisdomworthknowing.org. And until next time, it's not how big the house is. It's how happy the home is. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain. Thank you for joining me today. And until next time, let's work on being the best version of ourselves we can today because that's all we can do. Have a good day. See you tomorrow.